0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Smells Like Business, where you can learn more about the current and future state of cannabis, CBD, and hemp in Europe. Every episode, we talk to different cannabis experts and entrepreneurs, making it easier for you to understand the cannabis industry. I'm your host, Tom, and today we have Lenny Roots joining us on the show. Lenny, or Leonard as I like to call him, is the founder of and mastermind behind HamCan, Hamburg's first and only cannabis conference and expo. This summer will be the inaugural edition of HamCan, and Leonard shares with us why he decided to create a cannabis event in Hamburg and how he is managing to bring it all together. Leonard also shares his story of how he initially got into event management, which is quite the tale in itself. All I'll say is that it involved living in Jamaica and managing some pretty epic reggae artists. Anyway, back to the big event. Hamcan will take place on the weekend of the 9th and 10th of July. The expo part of the event will be free for everyone and will have different exhibitors as well as lots of different entertainment. The conference part will have a variety of interesting speakers who are all experts in different sectors of the cannabis industry and early bird tickets are now available until the 9th of June for 120 euros for both days. So if you're interested in learning more about the German cannabis industry and would like to make some B2B connections, then make sure to get your tickets now at hamcan.de. That's H-A-M-C-A-N n.de D-E. We here at Smells Like Business are a media partner of Hamcan, and we will be there to cover the event and interview some of the speakers. So I hope to see you there. All right. Well, that's enough from me. Let's hear more about it all from the man himself. Hi, Leonard. Welcome to the show. How's it going?
1: Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. It's quite rare that I've actually met one of my guests beforehand in person, especially as I started this podcast during COVID. So it feels really nice to be having you on the show, especially that we have met in person at Spanabis. So... I like to start, well, usually at the beginning of people's journey, especially with cannabis. So I know that you've definitely got quite an interesting story, in, especially in relation to cannabis with reggae in Jamaica. I'm not going to give away too much, but maybe you can tell us what you were doing before you started this most recent adventure with HamCan.
1: Okay, yeah, that's a long story. I'm, really, I'm from Hamburg, Germany. It's my hometown where I was born and raised. And I did a lot of reggae parties. I'm kind of a child of the 90s reggae boom in Europe when Sean Paul became famous and there were gentlemen in Germany and a few other reggae acts that became major pop acts in Germany. And there's a lot of fans from other music genres like hip hop suddenly start coming to our reggae parties and we had always a good crowd. and. That's how I connected with cannabis, with connecting with the reggae community, then the cannabis community is always not far away.
0: They seem to go hand in hand pretty well. That's right. So when was this? You said this came out of the 90s, right?
1: Yeah, that was the late 90s. And uh, we organized parties. We had an event company here in Hamburg, um had our regular club events and did uh, club nights for, uh, I think Coca-Cola was doing a lot of club tours at that time. So we organized the Hamburg shows and I kind of switched from organizing events fairly early to touring and booking artists and touring them Europe-wide. So with our event agency in Hamburg, we were able to book the artist on several shows and then have our show for a discounted price. So that was a win-win for everybody. Started with a lot of artists that were based in the UK, and there is quite a lot of legendary old reggae artists that moved out of Jamaica and that live in the UK. For example, I did some work with Alton Ellis before he passed on, and Hugh Brown or Dennis Al Capone. Those are like 70s veteran roots reggae artists from the golden days of reggae. Yeah, that was just a few, and Then I started uh, bringing artists from Jamaica directly and toured Europe-wide. And as mentioned earlier, when you tour with reggae artists and and you go in different cities, you're always close to the cannabis community and people who will make sure your artist uh, needs are taken care of. That's always been a part of it. And it's always been my two passions, you know, music and cannabis.
0: Like you said, I'm sure when you were on tour, you were were never too far from a spliff or a joint.
1: As musicians, as a manager or a booking agent, if I can include myself, we don't smoke after work, but we smoke at work. We decide to smoke to get creative. Yeah, lovely, lovely.
0: So was that also in the late 90s when you were managing these different uh, reggae artists?
1: It was not the 90s, it was more like early 2000, call it 2002 to 2005 or four. After that, I start working for an agency in Switzerland, Gideon Production... And we, we organized a lot of concerts in Switzerland, but I, again, took care mostly of, of booking and touring with artists. And everything kind of started to grow from going to the small clubs and now getting bookings from the big festivals, touring with band and not just with a DJ, touring on a tour bus and not just a small rental car, touring with nightliners, you know, so you sleep in the bus after the concert next morning, you're in the next city already for the next concert. So it kind of went bigger and bigger. And then in 2006, I did a very successful tour for an artist called Jam Mason. And he asked me to come to Jamaica with him. I've been to Jamaica before a few times, so he asked me to come and be his manager. And there was a request for a Japan tour, Australia, all kind of places. I was around 26 or 27 and decided, so hey, let's go Jamaica. Let's try this. Let's see the world.
0: Yeah, what an age to do it as well, right? 26, 27, get offered a reggae manager's job in Jamaica. I mean, you must have been pinching yourself, I can imagine.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been to Jamaica a couple of times. So it was not like, wow, where where am I going? I didn't know the island a bit. I, I met the artist a couple of times and we did some work together before, so...
0: You knew what you were getting yourself into.
1: Yeah, a little bit. And it was a return ticket, obviously, you know, so I could always say, well, I don't like it here. I'm I'm leaving, but... It ended up being 13 years before I took the return ticket. Wow. So you were in Jamaica for 13 years. Right. After after the first three years of management for this artist, I started to work as a freelancer and started to get more and more into production work in the studios. Because a lot of people you meet on your tours worldwide, they want to record somebody in Jamaica or want to get involved, but they can't just fly over from Australia like that are from Europe. And I'm the reliable person in Jamaica who can handle the work. So I got a lot of work for executive production jobs, going in studios, making contracts, licensing material or recording artists. So it was a balance between studio work and touring, basically.
0: Great. Well, I think that's quite quite interesting little tale about Jamaica. So I mean, what brought you back to Europe or brought you back to your hometown of Hamburg?
1: It was right before Corona, so a little bit more than two years ago. The artist I was working with had a stroke and lost his ability to speak, which is really bad for an artist who sings and makes his living with singing. So that was a shock. I needed a break and there were some other things going on with my family. My parents were not getting younger and all. And I decided I want to take a break from Jamaica. I want to leave for a while. At the moment, I don't feel like I want to go back for now. But that was two reasons, and then Corona hit, and for me as an event manager and working on festivals and all, I had to get a new orientation. Yeah, you had to rethink your strategy a little bit. It's way easier to migrate into your hometown than in a third world country in the Caribbean. And I really had a warm, warm welcome, totally blessed with getting my place and having work and everything. But me coming from music and cannabis and then in Germany, you know, having talks about legalization, having a new government made me think I need to do something here in my hometown in the north of Germany. So I decided let's do this in Hamburg. Let's do a cannabis conference and an expo and put Hamburg on the map of cannabis.
0: All right. Well, I think it's time to talk about the big conference and expo, huh? HamCAN, so your your creation. So perhaps you can tell us what HamCAN is in your own words and also the idea behind it.
1: HamCAN is first of all, opportunity to meet and talk about cannabis for the community on the one hand side at the expo ground, because it's a free event. It's in a park. We have lots of entertainment, food and drinks. So it's about coming together and, and talk freely about cannabis and expose cannabis to the public. So we want to show that to the community and have the community come together, but same time have a conference where we can provide information to the public and kind of inform ourselves about latest developments when it comes to cannabis in, in the medical sector and cannabinoids. Also CBD and hemp and the regulations in Germany and hemp as a building material, uh, hemp as food, yeah, hemp seeds as a commodity. And there is so much topics that we can cover with hemp, uh, sustainability, but also consumer protection. How to open a licensed cannabis store in Germany and what could be the regulations after recreational legalization in Germany? There is a lot of questions at the moment. So as I said, Mainly, it's for people to come together and and have an open discussion about these topics. We do have lawyers present. We do have a politician present. So we we can ask them if there is regulations. We can ask them if there's any progress. I think that's exactly what we need to do. We need to organize and put the question out there. So, I mean, what kind of debates and what kind
0: of speakers are you going to have at the conference part of HAMCAN?
1: We have a really nice selection of speakers from the German industry, uh, which includes, for example, the CEO of Sanity Group, which is Europe's largest medical cannabis group. We have the CEO of 420 Pharma, another German company who's really active with importing and supplying medical cannabis. In Germany, we have Lars Müller, the CEO of Symbiotic, who recently started a new joint venture with the Enchilada Group, who is one of Germany's largest service and franchise restaurant company. So they're combining their power, looking forward for a recreational market and how to open shops because they're experts from small restaurants to, to large-scale five-star restaurants. So those three speakers are really interesting uh, when it comes to the German market. We have a representative from a Hamburg company called Tiny Technologies who've been able to increase the level of cannabinoids that your body been able to absorb. So that's uh, very interesting for the pharma industry. Aren't you going to also have Marin Krings Right, we have Maren coming presenting her new book and being part of the panel about sustainability, hemp as a commodity and hemp as food. So, um there's a company in Hamburg called Hemp Connect who has done a fantastic job in curating that panel which includes Daniel Kruse who is the president of the EHA and the Hempro group of companies. Then Marin is coming, we have Florian from Signature Products, who is developing a meat subsidy made out of hemp protein. Um, we have the CEO and co founder of Hemi Milk, which is a hemp seed drink. That is just the German speaking guests. So, um, we also have quite a few international guests that fly in from the U.S., which include Dr. Uma Danabalan. She was educated at the prestigious Harvard University, and she's an expert in, in the endocannabinoid system. We have Lance Lambert, who used to work for a few Stallions in the U.S., so to speak. He used to work for Weedmaps, Maps. He used to work for Bovida. He used to work for Green Bros. And he just recently took a position at Growth Bags, which is an American company designing bags that have a filter system in there based on nanotechnology to do humidity control. Exciting stuff! So I'm happy for him to come. We have another American. Stephen Arthur George, who is based in Portugal for a couple of years now, used to work for Tilray, if I'm right, and he was involved in the first medical cannabis sh- shipment from Portugal to Germany. Quite a few good guests there. Yep, we have quite a few guests. We have like over 30 speakers. So the conference is only about seven walking minutes from Central Station. You pass the Hamburg Arts Center and right next to it is the Conference Center. So very easy for visitors coming into the city. From the airport, it's probably 30 minutes. It's at the moment 120 euros early bird tickets for two days of conference. And since the expo is free, you can also go to the expo. We have a harbor boat trip for Sunday evening. And uh, on Saturday, we also have uh, open air cinema at the expo ground. So once the conference is over and you're in the mood and it's good weather, just walk over to the park. It's about 1.3 kilometers away from each other the two locations, and you can by 10 in the evening. Roughly, we we start the open air cinema, and the price will increase. Early bird ticket is only on sale until the 9th of June. The conference is daily from 11 in the morning to 8 in the evening or 7:30. The expo is from 11 to 8 every day, both days.
0: Great. Well, I mean, let's talk a little bit about the process of creating a Cannabis Conference. How do you even start? You know, what are some of the key things you needed to do to get this up and running and try and make it a success?
1: It's about the team. It's not about me. It's about really a team a few friends and and people I know maybe for over fifteen years, and the feedback that came back from friends as well as industry members was so great that there was no if and but. After a while, like everybody I asked was saying, Hamburg need this. We are the second largest city in Germany. There is nothing nearby. There is no events. The last time we had a pre cannabis demonstration, street walk or something is probably ten years ago.
0: Which is still very different to a conference and expo.
1: Right, and things have moved on, you know, we have medical laws, we have things to talk about, we have a a young but but really vibrant and growing industry. I don't know if you remember at Spanabis into how many Germans you bumped, and he's like, whoa, it's all Germans here. Yeah, there are quite a few of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, also from the German Cannabis Business Association or the Hemp Association, that everybody was supportive and say, "Yeah, let's do this because we need it and we need more of it." I never really saw it as a risk. I saw it as something that has to be done. How should I do it, and and then how I put it together? And the idea of just doing the the expo really was not enough for me. And then by doing the conference, yeah, I kind of went all in and said, now if we do this, we do this properly. In discussions with people from the industry or friends again, people have been asking me it's like, wow, it's a it's a high risk, you really want to do this. And I always replied, There's no question, if I want to do it, I I really need to do this. We need to have this. And again the the response from everybody was well we need you and you need us. So let's do this. I never saw it as a risk or so. I want to do this. If I want to do it, um, I don't really worry about if it works out or not in, in terms of finances. I rather worried you do this the first time that you don't have enough people to come and the public pay attention. You know, my, my experience from other countries is the industry loves to meet, but to get all the public involved, you have to create some excitement and you have to offer something. And that's what I'm trying to do, like a free event with lots of entertainment where you normally pay 10 or 20 euros to see these entertainers in a club or in a live concert or a festival. And we want to offer that for free to make sure people come out and use that opportunity to edutain them about cannabis.
0: Ah, Nice. Edutain. Exactly. I like that word. Yeah, nice, nice. And, and what about the organizational part? Do you have a team of people that are working with you? And, and how do you also, you know, organize such a thing? Because uh, I can imagine there's a, a lot of moving parts and, and to make sure it all falls into place. I mean, that's no easy task.
1: Yeah, again, I have to <laughs> pick up the team because there is a few people in the inner circle and then there's tremendous support from people outside the circle. People have been emailing and writing message on social media and say, how can I help? And people want to get involved. So for me to organize it all, and it's like I said, I'm coming from event management. I worked on bigger events, not only like club or concert, but also on festivals. So You just have to stay calm (laughs) and uh, start not six weeks before, but six months. So you can, every day you take another project and every day you also get support and get calls and emails and it just keeps you going. So what are you hoping that
0: people who are going to be attending the conference, what are you hoping they'll get out of it?
1: For the international guests, they can surely connect with the local industry and meet CEOs and scientists and politicians and doctors. And I'm really happy and I'm proud that so many people from the German industry decided to come and take part in the event. So for anybody, for example, from Denmark who's coming down, you surely can meet key people of the German industry. Yeah, and it's not the CEOs, you can also meet organizations, you can meet uh, cannabis patient organizations, you you can meet the Association of the Cannabis Industry, where all the companies really register in Germany, you can meet the the Hemp Association, the president of EHA is there, you can really connect with a lot of media as well, Skunk Magazine from America or uh, Nachtschatten Verlag from Switzerland. So there's all kind of opportunities. Okay, super interesting.
0: Great. Well, Leonard, I only have a couple more questions for you. What advice would you give to a young entrepreneur, European or German entrepreneur, who's thinking about entering the cannabis space?
1: Don't be afraid and look into your skill set and don't feel like your skill set is not needed in the cannabis industry. Everybody, and the statistics will will prove me right, everybody knows it's a growing and fast-growing industry. In case we have a recreational legalization coming to Germany even faster, and everybody is needed. Everybody got skills that are needed in this industry. Looking at myself as an event manager, you're not the classic, traditional, classic skillset you would think you're needed in the cannabis industry, but you are. So same for every entrepreneur out there who wants to start and has an idea and wonder how that fit in. Be brave, be bold, be an entrepreneur.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, or a as some of them
1: say. Or a Yeah, I believe at the moment we are in a stage of a developing industry where we should reach out to each other. Same time while there is competition. Yes, we understand that. But I think we should reach out to each other and and build these bridges. Nobody has to walk the bridge, but you don't need to burn it down. (laughs) Just leave it there. (laughs) Nice. That's a very good analogy. Nice, Leonard. Well, the
0: last question I have for you is, if you could go back in time, is there anything you would do differently? Nope. No, you're a happy camper. I'm a happy camper. So basically, the last thing I just want to say is, where can our guests find out more about you and
1: especially HamCan? If you want to find out more about HamCan, you can go to our website at hamcan.de or you find us on LinkedIn, on Facebook or Instagram. If you want to buy tickets, go to our website, go to the homepage, scroll down a little bit, and you will find the link. If you want to contact us, go to the website to contact, and you find my email address. I think that's it. Lovely. Well, Leonard, all I can say is thank you very, very much for coming on the
0: show, and that I look very, very much forward to seeing you at HamCAN.
1: Same, Tom. Thank you so much for the invitation. And I'm also looking forward to see you in Hamburg this summer. And I'm sure you're going to meet a lot of interesting people to interview.
0: Great. Looking forward to it. Okay, you take care, Leonard. You
1: too. Bye.
0: Great, so that was Leonard or Lenny Roots, I should say, who I just want to thank again for coming on the show. If you want to find out more about HamCan and what's going on there, make sure to visit their website at www.hamcan.de. That's H-A-M-C-A-N n.de. D-E. Also remember, early bird tickets are only available until the 9th of June at €120, Euros, and the event takes place on the 9th and 10th of July. Also, make sure to visit our website at smellslikebusiness.com and subscribe to this podcast if you like what you hear. I've been your host, Tom. Have a green day.
1: like business.